Welcome to Live Doc, your online Doc Yomi Shear. Shalom Aleichem and welcome back to today's daf, Saita Daf Tes. We actually got to the top of the Amid, but perhaps let's go back to the beginning of the sugya discussing Mida Keneged Mida, which pertains to Schar, pertains to Einish. Says the Gemara, six lines from the bottom on Chesam and Beis. Tanya Haya Rebbe, this is Rebbe Meir, Oimer, he would tell us as follows. The concept of Mida Keneged Mida applies by Schar and by Einish. So Hashem responds in a way which reminisces, a way which resembles and mirrors the initial experience. So when a person does a mitzvah, the resulting reward reflects the mitzvah experience, schar mitzvah mitzvah, and likewise by an avera, an oinish, when Hashem needs to punish somebody. As a result of an avera, it also reflects the actual avera experience, and the Mepharshim explain. It is actually a kindness, an expression of chesed from Hashem in order to uh, not leave us um, you know, blindly in the dark. A person's hit was an einish, no clue why. No, Hashem directs it in a manner which uh, reflects the, the cause of that punishment. This gives a person uh, the, uh, the ability to pinpoint the source, the cause of that, of that misfortune and allows a person to address it, to tackle it, and to resolve that Avera and allows him to do Teshuvah properly. Tanya How do we know this is true? How do we know that Hashem, in fact, responds in kind? The same measure that a person uses, so to speak. It's, a, it's just an expression. The same container used to do this, to do this chet, to do the avera, in Shemaim they use that same container, that same measure, and respond in kind to the avera. Shenamar of a large container, b'riva so the einish resembles the actual avera. Perhaps it only applies to a large size Avera. Menayim the rabbi is Tarkav. What about a small container? Tarkav stands for the words Tre, two, Vekaven, a third. Two and a Kav is three Kav, a half of Sa'a. Or half of that. Vechatsi Tarkav. Or even just a Kav. Vechatsi Kav. Reva, a quarter. Vechatsi Reva, quarter. Half a quarter. Two one Vechatsi. Real small measurements. That Midah Midah is applicable in all situations. Minayin. How do we know? Talmud Leimer, the Pasuk says, Kikol sa'in, sa'in barash. Any type of, even a small mini saw, a small container, elicits at that response. Uminayin shekol pruta u pruta. Mitzaref es lechashboin gadol. Rashi explains, sometimes there is no response right away. A person should not delude himself into thinking, well, Hashem forgot. No. It's on record. It adds, it adds up and accumulates until it gets to a large cheshbon. How do you know that's true? That everything remains on record. achas la'achas. So one and one limtzei cheshbon, resulting in that, uh, you know, total number at the end. Okay, knowing 
that Hashem, in fact, applies Midah, connected Midah, we're going to analyze the whole story of the Saita and we'll, we will see how every step along the way is reflective of this Hanhaga of Midah, connected Midah. Sheba Midah Shamadada Bah The response to her is in kind to the experience that she went through. He Amda al Pesach number one. She positions herself at the entranceway to her home to attract others, Lira Islay to expose herself and to be enticing to this fellow. Likewise, the Kain positions her in the most public uh, location, Al Shar Niknar, that entranceway to the Bismidash, right there in full uh, public view, Umar and shames her in public. He She spread these nice scarves on her head to attract him. Therefore, the, ter- the kain removes the cap from her head and places it beneath her feet to trample upon. She adorned her face. That's why her face turns green when she drinks the waters. She painted her eyes. Her eyes bulge out. She braided her her hair for him. That's what the kain disrupts her hair. She indicated to him with her finger to call him over. That's what her nails shed. She strapped herself with this nice belt. That's why the kain brings this ugly looking rope. Places it, ties it above her chest area. She offered her thigh. That's why it Gets uh, damaged. He keep lost her creator. She accepted him on her stomach. Levicha bit not sava. That's why her stomach bloats. He lost her madani oilam. She served him gourmet food. Levicha carbona machal beim. That's why she brings a carbon made of barley, which is animal food. He ishgasa heyu yain meshubach. She offered him high class wine. Bekoises meshubachim and elegant glasses. Levicha koyin mashka ma'im amarim. That's why the koyin gives her to drink the bitter waters. In a earthenware container, he She conducted herself in properly, in private, in seclusion. That's why Hashem, who is hidden from us, some upon him turns to her and addresses her faults. The the one who does commits znus, awaits darkness, Lamar and claims Nobody will notice. Hashem, who is the Yeshev Beseser, who resides in concealment, responds to this improper behavior. Davar Ach, another, approaches. He also Beseser. She conducted herself quietly. In seclusion, Hamokim Prisma Begol Hashem, in turn, turns it around and publicizes it. Shanem Artechase Sinov Emasoin. Emasoin. Tigolor Osebekohol. person thinks he's going to cover up his improper behavior in darkness, Mashoin, Shoya, Holocaust, Lashon of darkness, Hashem actually makes it public. Asks the Gemara. Let's go back to those three Psukim we had before regarding Mida connected Mida. We had the first Pasuk, Besasa Beshilchat Rivena, describing a large container, a large measure of impropriety that's responded to in kind. Mida connected Mida. What about a smaller uh, Avera? 
We have another possible. What about the fact that things slowly accumulate to a larger account? Why do we need all three psukim? Asks the Gemara. Once we have that last pasuk, every little bit counts. Then why do we need that second pasuk? Why do we need that pasuk describing how every act, every small thing we do is accounted for? The answer is because that pasuk of kikol soin soin teaches us more than just the fact that Hashem pays attention to everything that we do that we know from the third pasuk achas la'achas but the pasuk of kikol soin soin teaches us that everything is measured exactly meaning that the concept of measure for measure midah connected midah retribution applies even to small time deviances the question is now that we know that even small deficiencies even minor averis are responded to with the method of midah connected midah. Then, why do we need that first pasuk describing a large deficiency? Why do we have to discuss a severe avera? Once we know that midah connected midah is applicable even to a minor avera, that's a good question. Says the Gemara, actually, that first pasuk will now be applied to another lesson. When does Hashem respond and punish a nation, a non-Jewish nation, only when it's time to totally destroy and dissolve that nation? So the point there is not to bang them back on track. The point is, okay, you're so bad, you're gone. Hashem waits until the very end and brings about their destruction. When it's time to send them off and dissolve them. Amy, is that so that Hashem waits until the end and then just totally destroys them? If we take a look at the dream experienced by the Sarha Mashkin in Mitzrayim, we find that it mentions the word Kais three times. Why? The answer is Achas. One of them describes the um, calamity that will befall the Egyptians at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, the Makis, and ultimately drowning in the Red Sea. Moshe 1 corresponds to the calamity that befell them in the time of Moshe. The second case, which Egypt suffered during the time of their king Paranachoy at the hands of Nebuchadnezzar destroyed them. And thirdly, the um, third level of destruction which will befall them when um, everybody, all the nations of the world at the time of Mashiach will go through that experience. So it's clear that retribution to Petraim didn't just happen one time. It wasn't just a one-time affair. It wasn't just a, uh, a total uh, you know, event of destruction. It was incremental. It was one Einish, another Einish, three stages. Answers the Gemara. Vachitim, perhaps will say, today's Egyptians aren't the original Egyptians. They're gone. They've been destroyed the first time around. Hanoch, the original ones, Ozdu, they've gone. They've been dis- liquidated. The current Mitzram are not the original ones. Hon Hashem exacts retribution and revenge. It's all-encompassing. It's thorough destruction. 
the ones that are there today are totally new people. But it can't be. But Tanya, we have this price. Omar Rabbi Yehuda. Listen to Rabbi Yehuda, what Rabbi Yehuda tells us. There was a, a person, a Chashva person, one of the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva. His name was Min Yamin. And he was a Ger HaMitzri Hayali. He was a Ger Mitzri. Hayali, Chabar. He was to me a friend. Mi Talmidei Rabbi Akiva. So, Rabbi Yehuda had a friend who was actually a Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. And his name was Min Yamin. And he was an Egyptian Ger. Now we know that anybody can become a Ger, but you can't marry in. You can't marry into Klal Yisrael if you're a, a Ger Mitzri until the third generation. Right? His grandson can. So what did he do? Omar Minyamin, Ger Mitzri. So Minyamin was a learned Ger. And it says like this I'm going to arrange so that my grandchildren can marry in. Ali Mitzri Rishan. Look, I'm a first generation Mitzri. I'm the original, right? Okay? So since I am a Mitzri who converted, a Mitzri Rishan certainly cannot marry in. And therefore I married a first generation Mitzris, meaning she was an Egyptian who converted herself. That makes her a first generation Mitzris. So now my son, our son, will be considered a second generation Mitzri. I'll marry him off to a Mitzris Shnir, somebody that matches up, so that our grandchildren are now considered third generation Mitzri and can marry him. My grandson can marry him. Now, the fact that he's concerned about Mitzri Risha, Mitzri Shani indicates that even today, nowadays, in the time of Rabbi Akiva, way after uh, Meshur Rabbeinu, they were con- still considered real Egyptians, which are bound by the uh, who are bound by the Isra of um, of uh, you know not, not marrying into Kal Yisrael. So how is this consistent with what we said before that any Einish that befalls the uh, nations is utterly destructive? No. There are Egyptians even today that are still considered halachically part of the Egyptian nation. Rather, if we learned it was as follows. We're not speaking about the nation. The nation survives even past the first Einish. We're speaking about the leader. If the leader misuses his position, he abuses his power, he doesn't lead properly, He's removed in one go. The only time Hashem responds to a king is when it's time to remove him. So when he's deserving of punishment, Hashem waits and waits and then just opposes him. Ameymar had a different version of Rav Chinnu Papa's lesson and was based on the following passage. Ma'adich said, what does the Pasuk mean? Ani Hashem. Ki Ani Hashem lo'i shanisi. V'ata b'nei Yaakov lo'i kilisem. What does this Pasuk mean? Ani Hashem lo'i shanisi. Lo'i keisi l'umo v'shanisi lo. When it comes to the other nations, I don't uh, give them chances. Strike out, one shot. I never struck them and had to strike them again. It was just uh, a destructive response. If they're not uh, conforming, they're gone. But Kalal Yisrael is different. Hashem waits and waits patiently. He bangs us back on track again and again and again in order to facilitate our true success and ultimate perfection. You, uh, I, I never destroyed you. 
You're never going to be destroyed. You're the eternal people. As the Pasuk tells us. This is actually very menacing. Hashem says, I'm going to deplete all my arrows into Klal Yisrael when I punish them. But there is a silver lining. Look, all my arrows have been depleted, but they're still around. They're eternal. But Klal Yisrael is a nation. Don't go away. So a huge difference between the way Hashem responds and treats Klal Yisrael and the other Umay Yisraelim. At times when a person is, uh, you know, uh, a willful uh, sinner, he's amazed, he, uh, he's not deserving of, of uh, too much rahman. So Hashem waits and waits. Hashem only responds to him. When his cup fills to the top. And then Hashem hits him in totality. When his desire is totally uh, been filled then, he will suffer as a response. The Masha says, I'm not speaking about ordinary people, I'm speaking about something exceptional. A willful sinner, b'mezid, b'ratzin, and that's why he's deserving of this ultimate punishment. Darash, Rav Chinnavapap, another lesson from the same Manda Amar. Ma'idich said, what does the Pasuk mean when it says, Ramanu tzadikim b'ashem, la'yisharim nova sehila. Al-tikri nova sehila, instead of learning that tehila, praise of Hashem, is pleasant and beautiful, rather, elanevei sehila. Uh, the tzaddikim thanked Hashem and praised Hashem because of Nevei, because of Hashem's abode. What does that mean? The Moshe David, speaking about Moshe Rabbeinu and David Hamelach, Shelo Yishotu Yisan Eim B'Maseim. They had the schos that the enemies, the antagonists, when they came and attacked our city, our Beis Hamelach, they did not um, uh, take David Hamelach and Shleim Hamelach's uh, abode. Uh, away and captive. David, how do we see this by David HaMelech? Rashi learns, we're speaking about the uh, Ir David, the you know, city uh, called Ir David, David HaMelech's uh, city. And the gates of that city just sunk to the ground. The enemies could not retrieve them and take them with them. So the golden and silver um, you know, gates just uh, disappeared from their uh, view. Regarding Moshe Rabbeinu as well, the Amar Mar Nivne Migdash Rishon, when the first base of Migdash was built, what happened to the Mishkan material? Nignaz Oil Moed, the entire Oil Moed which Moshe Rabbeinu was involved in building, was buried underground. Crush of the beams, cross of the hooks, brich of the bars, brackets, Vamudav, the pillars, Vadanov, and the uh, you know the bases. So they were not taken captive by the Goyim. Hecha, where are they hidden? Beneath the Heichal area, in these various tunnels, that's where they uh, they were, uh, you know, concealed. Okay, back to the Saita. Tanurabon. Saita nosna eneo bimisha eno yrohula. The Saita allowed her eyes to be drawn to somebody who was not suitable for her. What happens? She lost everything. Masha bishalonitala. What she desired, she didn't get. Not only that, whatever she had already, her own husband, she lost. She's now usher on the husband. This teaches a profound lesson when a person is drawn to things which are not really his and don't belong to him. He ends up losing everything. He doesn't get what he desires. Not only that, he loses what he already had. 
We find many, many examples of such throughout Tanakh, throughout history. As we find regarding the prehistoric snake, the Nochash HaKadmoni, who enticed Chava, he was drawn to Chava. Rashi brings that he actually interacted with her as married. So he wanted her, he wanted actually to bring about Adam's, Adam's death so that he could marry Chava. So he interfered with something which was really for him out of bounds. What happens to him? He totally loses everything. He doesn't get what he wants. And even what he has, he loses. All his status, all his prestige, gone. How's that? Hashem says like this. I figured, I wanted the Nochash to be the king of all animals. That's why Hashem made him arm, very wise and sharp. And now, after the Aver of Achshav, he's on the bottom of the rung. He is all the way on the bottom of the ladder, the most cursed of all creatures. Hashem structured him in a way that he actually would walk upright in a prestigious manner, almost like a person. Achshav, now his feet are gone, he slithers on his stomach. A lowly creature. Ani Amarti, I figured, Adam. He'll join man by eating gourmet food. Now he eats dust. Who Omar? He figured, a Heregus Adam. I'll kill Adam. I'll entice him to eat the Adas and he'll die. Now I'll marry Chava. Achshav, what happened? Just the opposite. This profound animosity between human and snakes. The same idea we find by Kayan. We'll see all these in Rashi. All these individuals were enticed into things that were not really belonging to them. What happened? They lost the whole show. They didn't get what they wanted. And in fact, they lost everything that they had. So Rashi will explain each individual case. Uh, Rashi begins on the second line. Kain. We know that every year, uh, Kain was born with a twin girl and Hevel as well. But Hevel was born with two. And the question was, who's going to marry that second one? Kain wanted her. Hevel wanted her. He was born with two twin girls. As the Pasuk says, as Achiv as Hevel. Twice the word as indicates Shnei Achim indicating two twins. So he wanted to interfere with Hevel's life, and what happened? He lost everything. He, uh, he killed him, and then he was cursed, and he was punished. He interfered with the Kahuna. Look what happened to him. He swallowed to the ground. Bilam, Bimamayna shall balk. He had a desire for Balak's money. Lakavalas Yisrael. Right, he was going to take a high salary to curse Kali Yisrael. And what happened? He himself died. He didn't get a penny. So he went to get his pay and he died on the way. He was a great man. And he was jealous of David HaMelech. He saw his success. That entices jealousy. 
He started speaking Lashon Hara and he lost it all. Similar idea. He wanted to achieve kingdom. He saw a fire coming out of his Eber Hazachras. He figured it was an indication that he's going to become king. He lost everything. He he was greedy, but when he wanted to take a tip from Naaman when he uh, came to uh, get his treatment by Elisha. And what happened? Because of that, he got Saras, but regarding Avishak, Venerig got killed. He wanted the Kahuna, and he ended up being a Saras. So that's the lesson. A person should be Sameach. Don't look for, uh, uh, you know, for things that are beyond our reach, that are uh, not... Meant for you. Okay, the mission says, uh, Mida also applies to the way the Isha is actually going to experience her Misa. So the Avera began with the Thai area and moved on to the Betan area, and that's why the Einish is um, going to be applied in that order as well. How do we know that in fact it happens this way? Is it because the Pasuk says, when the coin is warning her and cursing her, first it relates to the Yorich area and then the bloating stomach. So it's in that order. But the other process says, when she drinks the water, what happens? In the reverse order. First the stomach gets affected, and then the thigh. The mission is referring to the order in which he curses her. So the Klolarashi says, is the initiator of the actual misfortune of the Puranus. So the curse is done in this order. First, Yerech, and then Betan in the order of the Avera. Kilayit, am I right? Kilayit, when the Kayin applies the curse, it's done in that order, in the order in which the Avera was done. Layit, Chila, Yerech. First he curses the Yerech, while the Betan moves on to the Betan. Layit. But the actual waters affect her the way the water flows. Stomach down to the bottom. Umayu Kibatki, but when the water affects her, it's Kiruchayu Batki, it's the way they flow. Which is Bet and Beresha, first the stomach area, and then lower than that, Bahada, and then the Yarech. Asks the Gemara, but even by the Klala we find first Bet and then Yarech. Latzba is Bet and Yarech. And you're telling me that it's Yarech and then Batan? And says the Gemara. No, that's a special Pasuk. The reason why the Kain mentions Bet and then Yarech, although the Klala really starts from the Yarech, is just to uh, present a disclaimer, so to speak. The coin is just informing her and everybody else around that in terms of the actual uh, Misa, it's going to happen the other way, the way the water flows, as we explained. The Bet and first, the stomach, and then moving on to the Yorach. The reason why he had to present this disclaimer, that people don't negate the water. They'll say, one second. I thought it's Yorach and then Bet, and we see it going the other way. Ah, It's unrelated to her, what she did. It's a totally different experience. And... It's going to belittle the whole experience. So that's why I like this. When he's Mekalal, he says, look, Yerech is cursed first and then the Betan. But you should know that in actuality, the Betan will suffer first and then the Yerech, the way you know the water flows down. And he had to tell them this so that they know what to expect. Okay, so we discussed the idea of Midah Kineged Midah, which applies to Schar, applies to Einish. Einish is really the focal point of our discussion here which is drawn from the Saita experience, and the Gemara went through all the different steps of Midah, Kineged, Midah, and we see everything is so 
perfectly matched and perfectly tailored to the Avera which she executed. We have the discussion regarding Hashem's being Ma'anish the Ummah, the difference between the way Hashem relates to the other nations and the way Hashem relates to Israel with Rachmim and love in a constructive uh, manner. And we concluded with the idea of sticking to what uh, what you're uh, to your own thing and not reaching out and reaching over beyond boundaries which can take a person and bring him total destruction. Okay, further on the concept of Midekinegidmid. Says the Mishnah Shimshan, the great Tzaddik Shimshan, which we know uh, we know to be a big Tzaddik. He was a Shafit, a leader in Klal Yisrael. So, uh, lest we not, lest we get confused and think Chas Shalom that they were uh, we can relate to his deficiencies. Of course, of course not. We're speaking about one of the biggest tzaddikim. However, the Mishnah and the Gemara will elaborate on nuances of, of uh, deficiencies, which on his level considered averes, and elicited this same response of midah connected midah. Shimshon halach acher Shimshon was drawn after his eyes to the plishti woman. That's why he suffered in kind. Nikru plishtim as in of the plishtim bored out his eyes. They grabbed him, they removed his eyes. Likewise, he took pride in his beautiful hair. That's why he was hung from his hair. Because he interacted as married with the ten women who were reserved for his father David. As a result of that, that's why he was struck with ten spears. And he was struck by ten spears. And because he stole three hearts, he misled the following three. His father, Lev Aviv, Vlev Bezn, the Sanhedrin, Vlev Yisrael, and Klal Yisrael. That's why his heart was struck by three spears. And he struck them, believe Abishalom, Abishalom's heart. So this is Midah on a negative note. And certainly on a positive note, we find by Miriam Hanaviyah, likewise when it comes to good things. applies. Miriam himtino We know that Miriam kept an eye on Moshe Rabbeinu when he was a baby and floating in the Yamsa, in the, uh, the Nile, Nilois. Uh, she waited for him and watched, for, watched over him. Sha'achas. A short moment until the Bas Pare came. Shanamar. But the Satsa Vachosim Mirochak, his sister, was watching from afar. Because of that, look what happened. Eventually, in the midbar, when she suffered from Tzaraz, everybody waited. The whole nation waited. There was a seven day delay until she healed. It didn't travel until she was ready. Until Miriam returned to the camp. Yosef, another example of Midakanagabida. Yosef Atzatak. Zoha Likbaris Aviv. Right? Yeah. He was the one who was Zeichah to tend to Yaakov Avinu's burial. And he was the greatest at that point. He was the Melech. There was nobody there. Greater than him amongst his brothers. Shanamar, we find that Yosef was involved. Vayal Yosef, Likras Aviv. Vayal Yomagam Recha, It was a big fanfare. And therefore, he was Zeichah. He was Zeichah as well. The Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the greatest leader in Kal Yisrael, tended to his burial. Milan Ugadom Yosef. Who was luckier than Yosef? Who earned such a great schar at the greatest took care of his burial. Shalimus Asak Vayla Moshe, the same thing Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Moshe Zacha Ba'atz Yosef. Who took care of Atz Yosef? Moshe Rabbeinu. He was the greatest leader at that time. Be'em Yisrael Gadmi Menu. Shanama Ba'ikach Moshe Atz Yosef. Imoi. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu 
the greatest leader was Zaychadad, the greatest of the greatest. Hashem Yisbarach Himself took care of him when the time came. Mi Gadol Moshe, how great and lucky Moshe Rabbeinu was. Shalaynas Asik Boy, who took care of him? Ella Hamakim Hashem Himself. Shnamar, Vayikber Oisay Hashem buried him begai. This idea of Hashem getting involved in the bearing of tzaddikim isn't limited to Moshe Rabbeinu. Elo al kol tzaddikim. It relates to all tzaddikim. Shenamar ba'aloch v'nechasid kecha. Kvoi da Hashem, Hashem Himself, Yasveka will be involved in taking you to Elam Haba. So back to the beginning of the Mishnah regarding Shimshon Hagibur. Toner Rabbanon Shimshon be'en of Morad. His eyes led him astray and brought him to rebel Hashem to, against Hashem. Hashem turns to his father, I want this woman, because I'm drawn to her with my eyes. So there was a slight chit committed with eyes. That's why he suffered, suffered in his eyes as a result. Asks the Gemara, why was this considered a rebellion against Hashem? Why was this considered something wrong? Any, look at the Pasuk. His parents were not aware that this was Hashem's idea. This was a match made in heaven. It was Hashem's will. Answer, true. The end result was what Hashem had in mind, but the method, the, the, the means, the process wasn't 100% what Hashem had in mind. When he was drawn to her, Mia Basal Yashrusi Azal was because his eyes were drawn to her. It was he was enticed. That nuance made a big difference. It's about the attitude. It's about the kavana, and that slight, you know, lack of, of uh, pure kavana that's uh, held against Shimshon. Shimshon, the big tzaddik. Tanya Rebbe Yomer Tchilas Kilkula His first uh, kilkul, his first uh, stray was an Azza. That's why he suffered in Azza. He found this immoral woman. Since that was the location of the Kilkul, ultimately he was punished in Azza. That's where he was punished. What do you mean? The Pasuk first speaks about a different location. He went to Timna and married a woman there. And that happened first, before Azza. Answers the Gemara. That wasn't really held against him. Tchilas Kilkuloi. We're speaking about something destructive. Kilkul, Mia Ba'aza, Haya. That happened in Azza because we're speaking about Isha Zoyna, whereas in Timna we're speaking about an ordinary Isha. So Kilkul relates to his interaction with the Isha Zoyna, which was in Azza, and that's why ultimately he was punished. He died in Azza. Afterwards, we have another story of Ayav, Isha Benachal Surik. He went to Nachal Surik and was drawn to another Isha. Ushma, what was her name? Delila. Tanya, Rabbi Omer. It was a very fitting name. Ilmale, Nikrashma Delila. If her name wasn't, if her name was not Delila, I would have named her Delila. Delila is a perfect name for her. It describes exactly what she did to him. So the whole story, they were married and uh, she tried to get to the bottom of his strength. She was a double agent. She was trying to figure out his secret. What's giving him the supernatural power to... Uh, battle against the plishtim and prevail so ultimately he um, he told her and she shared off his hair and uh, or she had others do it and he lost his power that's how they were able to uh, overcome him so that's why she's called the lila she uprooted his 
energy. She depleted his koyach. Dudlas libay. She exposed his heart. He told her all the secrets. Dudlas masa. She depleted his meisim. He lost his shechina because of it. Explains the Gemara. Dudlas koychay regarding his power. He lost his power. Dudlas libay. She did it to his heart because he exposed everything. He bared his heart to her. She noticed that he told her all. He divulged his whole secret. Dudlas masa means the stalik shechina mina. He lost the accompanying shechina. Yada. He didn't realize. Kis Hashem that he lost the presence of Hashem. Now the pasuk says she noticed that this time it was for real. This was a secret of his strength. The fact that he's a nazar. The fact that he has long hair. She realized this time he really gave her the secret. How did she realize that this time was different than the other times where he deceived her? You know how the current truth is evident. It was clearly the truth. She realized that he was saying the truth. It made sense. Look, he wasn't drinking wine. He wasn't cutting his hair. Apparently this time it was for real. That's one pshat. Abai Amar, another pshat. Yod Abai Boy said Tzadik. Lila knew that her husband, Shimshan, the Tzadik, he wouldn't just say it for naught. Because this time he used the shame of Hashem. He wouldn't express Hashem's name for nothing. Once he told her, Hashem's name was invoked. Amra, now she she realizes this is for real. This time he's really genuine, and now I know it's true. And this was after a lot of agonizing and really giving him a real hard time and harassing him. Finally, he gave her the truth. After many, many days of harassing him, what does that mean? Which evidently was very difficult for him to experience. At the end of the interaction as married, which is the, the, the climax, she slips away. That was very annoying and the ultimate harassment and led to him divulging. Back to the Malach when he instructs uh, future Shimshain's mother how to conduct himself in advance of his birth. Be careful, don't drink wine, and don't eat kol tummy. What does that mean? My kol tummy. Visu, another question. Ad Until that point, she would eat impure things. What was he trying to uh, warn her against these things? He meant like this. Not only actual wine, but even devarim, asurim, benazar. Even things which have a wine flavor, which are also also to the nazar. Keep away from it in advance of your son's birth. Okay, then he struck the plishtim down with a cheek, cheekbone of a, uh, of a of a donkey. And then he was parched. He was very thirsty. So Hashem um, cracked open the machtesha, the little base of the tooth inside this lechi, and that turned into a, a spring of water for him to drink. This is also Who evil He was drawn to impure things to these non-Jewish women. That's why his life was now hinging on something very impure, the cheekbone of a donkey. This was when he. Uh, was gripped by Hashem's spirit. What does Vatochel mean? Omer of Chomer, Reb Chanina. Chalso is It was applied. It was activated. 
the nevuah, the prophecy, prophesied by Yaakov Avinu way back regarding this event, regarding Shimshon, was now finally activated. Yaakov Avinu spoke about it. Done producing somebody reminiscent of a snake slithering on the road. This resembles, and this was symbolic of Shimshon Agibar, who would pull out the pillars from beneath this large stadium uh, where the plishta were gathered and the collapse, the broader back collapse of the whole of the whole um, structure there. It's like a snake who attacked from below. The Pasuk says, This is a part of that same Pasuk. What does Lafame mean? The Shechina was makash keshes. It was dingling, jingling, like a bell. We have the word lafamo. We have paman verimo. Paman is a bell, so the bell was jingling before him. Rashi says, The Shechina would accompany him wherever he went. That's the last part of that Pasuk. Between Tzara and Ashtoyl. That's where he experienced the Ruach Hashem. Amrav Asi, Tzara, and the other mountain, Ve'ashtoyl, were two large mountains. He uprooted them and ground them against each other. The Pasuk says, V'hu yachel, lo yishia es Yisrael. Amrav Chomer Mechanina. Huchal shvu'osay shlavi melech. What does Huchal mean? Yochel. The pact that Avram Avinu made with Avimelech. You don't bother my kids, I don't bother yours. That pact was now annulled, was bottled. Avram promised Avimelech, when Avimelech asked him, please, promise you will not betray me, my, my children, grandchildren. But what happened was the Plishtim attacked first. So although they were descendants of Avimelech, Shimshon had full justification, a full right to respond in kind because they were the ones who initially broke the deal. Shimshon grew up and Hashem blessed him in which way was he blessed regarding the Aver of the Zohar. He had an ordinary Amma but he had tremendous bracha with his Zerah Vezarai was like a flowing a brook. Okay, let's start for now. Continue with Hashem tomorrow on the topic of Shimshon Agiva. So just to recap today's daf, we discussed Midah Kineged Midah, which is actually a tremendous chesed of Hashem, allows a person to pinpoint the source of an oinish. It applies to large, um, major deficiencies, to minor deficiencies. Everything is accounted for, everything is on the record. Hashem just uh, is just out for the good of Klal Yisrael, tries to bump us back, bump us back on track. And even when Hashem Chas Shalom resorts to Chitzaya Kalabam, the pleading of all his arrows, Chas Shalom, but we're still standing was still eternal with the eternal nation. A person should stick to his thing, not desire something beyond him, because then he could just lose everything. We find Midah by the Soita and all the uh, you know steps along the way. We find by Shimshon Agibar, as we explained. We find by Shalim. And on the good side of things, we, should, we find by Miriam, by Yisab HaTzadik, and Moshe Rabbeinu, because of their good deeds, they were Zeichah. So the Schar from Hashem, Midah Kinegavidah, measure for measure. May we always, always be zeicha to be involved in good things and to be zeicha to schar midikin eged midah hatzlacha rabim suris tevis.